Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are joined by fellow BBIer Nate Hawkins. Nate runs all of our apps here at Basketball Index. He is our shiny developer, and he is currently a stats master student at BYU. Nate, how you doing? Mm, Taylor, good to be on the pod. Stoked to be here. I, it was funny, me and Nate were talking before the show, and this is the first time we've ever actually talked to each other because everything's just done on the Slack channel. <laughs> so we actually caught up on a lot of things. We both work on the apps. Nate does the much harder part, but it was funny because like this is the first time we've ever actually heard each other's voices or, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a longtime uh, fan of the pod, so I've heard your voice before. Um, <laughs> but it's funny, we don't actually have our screens on, so I still don't know what you look like. But um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that'll be the next time we do a pod, actually. First time, long time. Uh, real quick, this is a fun tidbit. I watched like seven BYU games two years ago because they were like oh, under right in the middle of the week a lot. Uh, and uh, that was the season Zach Wilson. That was his last season before he was like the he was at he was like a first round pick, like a top ten pick or whatever. Yeah, and also there was this. <laughs> there was this receiver Gunnar Romney who was an absolute beast. I was bringing him up, and people have no idea who I'm talking about. Did you see them play? Did you ever see them oh. in person? Uh, I think that was the COVID year. Right? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the COVID year. Um, and BYU had a pretty crappy schedule that year. They um, did. They were stomping some bad teams. Yeah, so I didn't actually ever see that team play in person. Um, I went to some of the games last year, uh, like the game against Utah. We finally won in like the first time in like 12 years. Nice. And Gunnar Romney's definitely on the list for just fantastic name. Uh, and I'm, a, I'm always a big fan of players that stick out that way. But that's enough football talk. We're doing a basketball podcast. And today we are talking about uh, app development, a little bit of data viz, because that is Nate's specialty. Um, Nate, how did you get into app development? Yeah, so BYU offers a, like a sports stats class. Um, and they do one day on um, shiny app development. So I do everything in, in Shiny, which is in our package. Um, so they did one day on it, and I just loved it. Um, and so since then, I've just kind of done my own stuff with it and just learned and had fun with it. Um, and just, you know, having fun with it, that kind of just turned into the B-Ball Index job. And so, uh, yeah, since then, I've just been doing the B-Ball Index stuff. So that happened, that was one day in class, and you were just hooked immediately? Yeah, yeah, I just thought it was so cool, and it's like it's like pretty easy to like get started with, um, and then yeah, there's so much stuff you can do. I just kind of ran off with it. So, do you do you know any other coding languages? Have you dipped your toes in anything else? Um, so I've done like a little bit of Python, um, uh, as opposed to R, but they don't. From my perspective, they don't have as good of like app development packages, so I mostly just stuck with R and Shiny. Gotcha. Because I've heard a lot of people talk about R and Python. I feel like those are like pretty hot right now. And uh, oh, of course, yeah. I know nothing about this. So I feel like you're the person to ask. Um, <laughs> do, do you have any advice for people that are looking to get into the sports industry to maybe get into the coding side of it or the data viz has really blown up on social media the last few years? Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that like to hear you like asking me that because I feel like I'm like still a student and still just like uh, still just like still getting into it, you know, but people on X has been an awesome opportunity. Um, I'd say like whatever you love, you just got to like start doing it. Like 
if you're into like like there's just there's data out there publicly available for whatever sport you're interested in like if you're into soccer like go get some soccer data and just like start like doing analysis or start making uh graphs start tweeting your stuff out um and then there's also like lots of cool like data competitions that you can do so like the nfl every year you've probably seen has like the big data bowl um so you can just like sign up for those competitions and it's like a good way to like a get data but then b just like start working on something and just getting better at it um and yeah and then the last thing like um there's like all kinds of just like blogs and people to follow on twitter that like ask that are asking really cool questions about sports and um that'll like oftentimes inspire ideas about like what kind of analysis you can do um so yeah i'd say just like just going for it and asking questions and putting your stuff out there i don't want to say that i spawned the data viz movement but <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that either <laughs> back i would say pretty far back i'd say in the mid 2010s I was at the very beginning of putting things out on social media that were stats with graphs and circles and things of that nature. I wasn't doing any coding. I was doing everything by hand in like Adobe Audition and Adobe After Effects. So it was okay. way slower and like sometimes less exact because I was eyeballing some things. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe take a little credit there. I might I yeah. might have indirectly influenced you. So I will take credit where credit is due. You know um, what? I think I'm willing to give you about ten percent credit. For that movement i'm willing to take that i will take that um <laughs> so if someone were to get into this uh how time intensive is the work like what is your whether it be weekly or monthly things you do at basketball index um so i'd say like a simple app like um it just kind of outputs like a table so take the data you know like filter it based on you know these kinds of players or whatever um that'll normally take between like 10 to 20 hours um so like if you're like cooking on it you know like a day or two um but then if like the more features you add obviously the much longer it's going to take so like our leaderboards tool that has like the five tabs with all the plots and like the player comparison um i've spent a lot longer on that like probably over 100 hours um so yeah obviously like the more complicated you get the more hours it's going to take and at first, like using Shiny, um, it's going to take a little while just to kind of get used to how it is. But <clears throat> you can make like a pretty cool app that people can use in 10 to 20 hours. So when you say 10 to 20 hours, are you talking like normal person at a computer? Or are you talking like headphones in with dubstep playing nonstop? You're drinking nothing but Soylent and <laughs> like you have some like atrophy in your leg muscles. <laughs> uh i'm talking you could probably be watching a game while you're working okay all right i think that i think that would interest more people uh yeah. that's a little easier uh, than what i was thinking um so is there a big difference between what you're trying to do or maybe like the experience you need in terms of app development, something like a leaderboards tool or something uh, that's more on the data viz style, like something that would be on our headshots tool? Yeah. Um, so those are going to be like two pretty different skills because um, the, the app development is basically 
just oh, so first of all, you build the visualization, right? And then uh, you like get it all how you want it to look. And then the app basically just grabs that visualization and outputs it. So really it's, it's kind of two skills um, at the same time. So if you're just interested in like, uh, you know, like posting like, or like tweeting out like a visualization you made, and you really don't need like the app skill. Um, but if you want to have like pretty things within your app, then you're going to have to have the database skill as well. And when you're trying to make something prettier for DataViz, so this is something I I think is a little bit of a problem in like the sports world in general. A lot of the DataViz stuff is like really plain Jane. And like, oh, yeah. I think there's got to be some lipstick put on these pigs. Um, <laughs> what is the process of like adding in, I, I you know, color helps, things like that, but adding in sort of a, a design element, how difficult is that? And what does that process kind of look like? So I'd say it's like, so frequently I'll come up with something and just like get feedback from a bunch of people. And I think like, like wisdom in numbers, like if you have a bunch of people telling you like, oh, this graph is boring to look at or whatever. And I think people have really good ideas. So my wife um, knows nothing about basketball, um, does not care. knows nothing about like data viz or anything, but she has an eye for like, that's entertaining or I don't want to look at that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> anything mm-hmm. I make, I'll run it by her and she'll be like, oh, you know, like I, that is interesting or like that makes me want to throw up <laughs> kind of thing. And then, yeah. So I'd say, yeah, just like feedback from people that are more artistic than I. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I've seen a couple cool posts, like, uh, like little tips and tricks to make things better. One of the ones I saw was, so like, look at something and then close your eyes for five seconds and then open them. And it's like, where's your eye drawn to immediately? And Mm -hmm. like, that can help you with like what you're trying to get across in your information. I think things like that can be like really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. They also have like websites where you can like, oh, if this is your main color you want to use, you can just like find that color and then it'll show you like 10 other colors that go well with that. Oh like man, that, like, I need that because I don't know if anyone's seen some of my really early work at Basketball Index, but like there was a lot of colors going a lot of different directions and it was like <laughs> very loud. Uh, we, we've honed it into just a few now, but that, yeah. you give me that. You give me that after the episode. Yeah, I'll send it. Uh, what's your favorite app on the uh, website? What's the favorite thing you've made and kind of tweaked with? Uh, dude, when it was playoffs time, I was on the playoffs app nonstop um the uh the thing that compared all the the team strengths yeah well yeah okay, that yeah. and then the like the potential matchup simulator uh-huh yeah that was cool so when you yeah when you have like because so i'm like a huge jazz fan it's like when the jazz well we lost in the first round but i would go through and be like okay you know if this team beats this team you know what's their matchup with the jazz uh and just kind of like seeing kind of how we predicted based on LeBron, how we predicted the playoffs would kind of pan out. That was, that was probably my favorite. Yeah. That was a cool one. I remember when we were like rolling that one out. Um, I think my favorite tool is just the bread and butter, man. The leaderboards tool. I feel like the leaderboards tool just has so much functionality. It's so much depth to it. We've added a bunch of tabs. Um, I was actually getting into the player comparison tab for like the first time, like really heavily today. I was prepping for a podcast that we're going to have later on the week, but man, that leaderboards tool when we, so for everyone that maybe hasn't been following basketball index for a super long time, 
we moved the control panel from the left side of the screen to the top of the screen and we added in a t- well, actually Nate added in a ton of stuff a ton of uh, like before you couldn't have uh, like if you were sorting by players sometimes you'd have some guy that didn't play enough or didn't take a- enough attempts of something so now you have that sorting so you can like kick out guys that don't shoot enough threes uh, we added uh, one of my favorite functionality things was when you look at offensive and defensive archetypes or roles uh, you can grab just all the on ball guys or all the off ball or all the bigs. And I feel like that like really is, I, I was able to find so much more interesting kind of niche stats. So I, yeah. I love the leaderboards tool. Yeah. Well, I think anything that kind of, cause like people index excels at like the archetypes for players. So any way that you can compare to, you know, different archetypes, uh, I think is super useful um, from like an evaluation standpoint. Like in the player profile tool, we added the, you can compare against starters or rotation players. You can compare against different, like different archetypes. So like the main thing like that I was always looking at when I was making it was like, cause Carl Anthony Towns, like everyone's like, oh, he's such a great shooter. And I mean, he is, but you compare him to like shooter, like guards. And he's like, I think he's like a C plus in our like shooting metric. Hmm. Um, but like compared to bigs, he's like an A plus. For sure. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I think that's super interesting to be able to compare it to different position types. I think my favorite part of that is uh, when you're looking at guards defensively, especially like point of attack guards, and you look at it by rotational guards or by point of attack or by like wing stopper. I feel like that really helps you hone in on like what a player can be defensively, mm-hmm. because if you just group them with everyone, obviously they're going to be worse on defense than the bigs. And yeah. uh, I feel like that guy can help you find, especially like mid tier defenders, guys that are just kind of solid. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, if you group it just against the bigs, the bigs are just have the greatest impact naturally. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're just going to be like everyone else is going to be C's compared to the bigs. Yeah. Uh, You working on anything big right now? Anything behind the scenes? Um, Yeah. So, B Ball Index, uh, I think, has got some really cool stuff on the horizon. Yeah. I'm not sure I should get into here. You're not at liberty to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to message my boss. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think B-Ball Index has some really cool stuff coming up. Um, the uh, Big Data Bowl for the NFL is coming up. Um, last year, my team got an honorable mention. Nice. So this, year, this year, we're going to try, uh, try and beat that when it starts in a little bit. And uh, yeah, dude, just my fantasy football team <laughs> and my fantasy basketball team on the horizon. And I'm stoked about that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I heard someone say one time that it was like on TV or something. They were like, oh, one of the cool parts about owning a Tesla is it keeps improving because it keeps getting updates over the air. And mm. I kind of feel that way about a basketball index membership where it's like you pay the $5 a month and you get access to all this cool stuff. And then it's like, t- like literally today we released a new, uh, a new app. I think it's on ball gravity that Christian has been working on for a while. So like as you're a membership, uh, as it kind of goes on, you just get more and more new things, more things to analyze players, uh, ways to go deeper. Like we said, like you added that tabs, uh, portion in one of the tools where you can compare you know defense with just guards only or just point of attack or however you want to do that and i feel like stuff like that like really makes it fun to keep coming back to the website oh yeah for sure and yeah like every time you go to the app like like we're pounding out new metrics like all the time um so there's new kind of comparison to be done 
we were, we were actually talking about before the show. Sometimes, like, it doesn't happen that much anymore, but there would be sometimes where a, a metric would get added and I wouldn't know about it. And then I would see Tim tweet <laughs> about it and I'd be like, when did this happen? He'd be like, I don't know, like two months ago. Um, so there is always new stuff on the horizon. Uh, Nate, thanks for coming on the show. We're going to have you on again. We're, we're kind of waiting for the Donovan Mitchell thing to get sorted out. And uh, Nate's going to go deep into the uh, Utah Jazz a little bit later uh, in a few weeks. But thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for working on the apps. Uh, I spend a lot of time in them. So uh, thank you for making them better all of the time. And uh, you'll be on again. So uh, looking yeah. forward to talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Anyone has any uh, recommendations for the apps? I'm all ears. Yeah, what's your what's – your, throw out your Twitter handle. Uh, it's at NateHawk2. Yeah, so uh, app feedback is always appreciated, so that's the place to go with that. Uh, My name is Taylor, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Basketball Index Podcast.